Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, did I show you my grandson? So happy. I've been looking. What does the letter A here stand for? Really? Oh, mate. Surrounded. I thought anointing. So I'll step into the anointing. And the other one stands for adored. So I'm, I am adored by the Father. There's the other one there, mate. I'm, this is going to be easy then. As long as God is present, this will be easy. Hello. <laughs> so good to be with you today. Um, can I... Shh. I just want to honour someone in the house. She turns 50 this week. Did you know? <laughs> so good. Happy birthday, my love. No, I'm such, such a blessed man. We have an amazing family. We... We moved to Torquay about four and a half, four years ago or so, and uh, we get the privilege of leading the Living Room Church both in Melton and in Torquay, and it's a wonderful, wonderful family. But I also feel like this is family too. When we come here, we feel warm and welcomed, and, and I want to thank you for accepting us so well, for loving us. And um, It is strange that Andrew and Mel aren't here, but I want to thank you for loving them as well. Guys, the way you support them, the way... You, they can go on a family holiday and, and recover and refresh. Mm. Pastors need that. And I thank you for loving them. And I, and I honour you for doing that. And we pray a blessing upon them. We pray a blessing upon their time away. And um, as it was already said, that they will come back full of vision, full of excitement for what God wants to do next. Yeah? Okay. Well, usually... Um, I, I come with a message from the Father and I try and express the Father's love to you in such a way and I've been known as the pastor of hugs because I love giving hugs and I love receiving hugs. But today, it's going to be a little bit different. It was mo Monday morning last week and I, every morning I get up at about 20 to 6 and I go for my early morning walk on the beach. And as I'm walking... Um, I'm praying and I'm talking, talking to the Father. And I ask the Father, God, I'm going to Mount Clear this Sunday, if you didn't know. <laughs> Can I have a message for them? Because that would be good. I don't want to just give you a message that I've preached before. God, give me a fresh word for the Mount Clear family. And he did. <laughs> Within five minutes, virtually the whole message has been downloaded. And I had to quickly remember what the Father had shared with me for you. As a matter of fact, this message I feel is quite significant because it's not only for you. I'm going to be preaching this same message this evening to our Torquay family because I believe God is on something here. Something that he wants us to consider and pray into. My hope today, okay, my hope today is that you will appreciate and understand the reason why you are where you are. I know we make decisions to move into an area, suburb, move into another region. I know we make decisions and sometimes as, as believers we think it's a random choice. It's just something that, oh well, I like that place, therefore I will uproot my family and get planted in that. Don't underestimate, dear one, that when you make such a decision to spread your roots deep where you live, there is actually a kingdom assignment attached to it. It is not by accident that you decided to live in this town. To you, it might think, oh, well, it's just a random chance. It's just, oh, well, it just happened that way. When you walk with God and you walk in the steps of the Lord, your steps are ordered by the Lord, and therefore, it's not by accident, it's not by circumstance. He decided, I need you there. So I want to share with you this morning this revelation and what it has done for us and what I believe it can do for you. Now it shouldn't surprise you, dear ones, that where you are planted by God is for you to thrive, flourish and be fruitful. Yeah? 
you're not just here to take up space. You're not just here to use the resources of Ballarat. You're here to impart something. You're here to do something that is actually of eternal significance. The big idea of today's message is this. Now, this might be a bit of a strange statement to those of you that don't see yourselves this way. But please hear me carefully. You are a gift to the town in which you have been planted. You are a gift to the town in which God has planted you. I see God as a landscape gardener. Planting trees of righteousness exactly where he wants them to be. I see Holy Spirit look upon this region and saying, okay, this tree of righteousness, where's a good place? I'll plant him here. This tree of righteousness, she'll do well in this part of Ballarat. Plonk. (laughs) He plants you with intention. He plants you like a brilliant landscape gardener, knowing exactly what soil you will best flourish in and be most fruitful. He is brilliant at how he plants the lives of his people where he wants them. It's amazing how this truth is seen throughout the Word, the Word of God. When God looks at a group of people, he obviously has love for them. But understand this, when Israel needed deliverance, he gave them Moses. When Israel needed a godly king, he gave them David. When Israel needed to come back to God, he sent them prophets in due season, named, called, and chosen. When Jesus was led what might seem like a random moment to a well to meet up with a Samaritan woman. God knew. And that day, this woman caught in a whole series of things in her life needed a saviour, needed freedom. So God sent her Jesus. God has done the same for you. God has done the same for me. God sent a pastor from Phoenix, Arizona many years ago now for me. And he got me. A testimony from that man's mouth got me in. Everything changed. Now, you have no doubt people in your life that have helped you get to where you are today. Spiritual men and women of God, pastors who have spoken into you, have perhaps led you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Honor them. But understand that you now are part of that chain You've received, now give. Be that link, be that blessing to those around you. So God looks at Ballarat and he sees this town of people that desperately need life, desperately need freedom, deliverance and salvation. So what does he do? He gives them you. He gives them you. Well, who, me? Couldn't be. Yes, you. You are a gift to where you live. You, the one who carries the presence and the power of God, you are a gift to this town. You, the one who has been saved and set free, you've got a story to tell and you've got a gift to give. Dear friend, listen. You carry the answer. You carry the solution. You carry the hope of the world to a town that is dark, to a town that needs Jesus. Please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say next. I feel the weight of this message today. I really do. Sometimes as Christians and as churches, we can get into a little holy huddle and think that's enough. We've been there, we've done that, and we're the same. Sometimes we can have such an awesome worship service, and that's good. We need this. We need this. 
But is what's happening out there impacted by it whatsoever? Is there any difference made in my street because I carry the presence? Is there any difference made in my town? I'm going to make this personal as well, guys. Any difference made in my town because I declare the name of Jesus and I'm a follower of God and I'm a son? Does that make any difference? And if it doesn't, I'm the only one enjoying the spiritual spa bath while everyone else around me is suffering. I'm convicted by that. Let me read this out. The sons and daughters of God are positioned and commissioned to occupy where they live. Listen. And take ownership and responsibility for the spiritual condition of their region. This mandate, this directive of God is so clear to me. Because if we don't, Satan will. If we don't take ownership of our towns, Satan will. You only need to look out your front door to see the darkness. You only need to walk down the main street of your city and you will see, wow, something heavy is going on here. If we don't take responsibility for the spiritual condition of our town, the enemy will. The demonic demonic realm has a plan. And sadly for many generations, his plans have gone unchallenged. And we can pray, God, do something, will you? God, move in my town. God, come on, do something. He goes, I already have. I sent you there. Yeah, but you... We like to handball to God. And he said long ago, tag, you're it. Remember tag as a kid in primary school? Tag, you're it. And then we run. He says, I've already done it. I've lacked nothing. I planted you here because I love the town in which you live and I've given them a gift called you. Hmm. My call to you today, dear church family, is to own where you live. Own where you live. Start seeing your town as an aspect of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. It's not only for salvation in eternity someday. What happens now? I mean, it'd be awesome. You're a full-blown sinner. You say yes to Jesus. You get saved and you get raptured to heaven. That would be awesome. But that's not how it happens. He keeps you here for a reason. (laughs) He keeps you here for a reason. In the heart of God is something that we can't miss. It's pretty obvious when you start seeing it through this lens, even the Old Testament. Now, I know in the Old Testament, when God is dealing with Israel and establishing their identity, sometimes we can read that and think, oh, well, that's them, this is me, separation. Yeah? But even in the Old Testament commands of God to his people Israel, you can capture the principles. You can capture the heart of God in those words. And I want to share with you some of this. In Deuteronomy 11, 22 to 25, let's capture the heart of God for his people, including you. Now, what we're about to read, of course, is specific to Israel inhabiting the promised land. But let's see what we can capture here. You ready? Be careful, Moses writing, be careful to obey all these commands I'm giving you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. Then the Lord will drive out all the nations ahead of you, though they are much greater and stronger than you, and you will take over their land. Wherever you set your foot, that land will be yours. Your frontiers will stretch from the wilderness in the south to Lebanon in the north and from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you. For the Lord your God will cause the people to fear and dread you as he promised wherever you go in the whole land. I love it. God is saying, this is is the heart of God. He says, follow me. Obey my commands. Do it my way. And then I can trust you. That wherever you step your foot, that land is yours. 
God has an intention for his people to occupy where they, where they live and not just take up space. There is a difference, dear church, from occupying to taking up space. Big difference. You're getting this? Yeah? Again, this was addressed to Israel specific for their moment. But God's heart is to see his family inhabit, occupy, and dwell in the land in which they are planted. Every single one of you are here in this area because that's exactly where he wants you. If he says otherwise, then you move. But check with him. Yes? Pray about it. Seek him. Please hear this next statement. We were never meant to be silent bystanders who just watch and complain about what is happening around us. <laughs> oh, there's been a lot of that going on lately. Since COVID, my goodness, the complaining has gone... By the way, complaining is not a spiritual gift, okay? Just so you know, please. <laughs> we were never meant to be people who hide away and keep to themselves and let the town around us fall victims to the darkness. Yeah? Oh, I have not convinced you. Hang in there. We don't run from the battle. We don't fear the pushback. We don't ignore the desperate need. We, the people of God, are positioned to represent the king and release his kingdom wherever we go. So I hope that out of today, as you walk down your street, as you walk down this amazing region, every step, this is my land. This is my land. This is my. I have owned where I live. Ah, come on, church. This is... Whew. If we don't stand up and take responsibility, the enemy will continue to be unopposed, and I'm not okay with that. Here's another expression of Father God's heart for you. You ready? It's a few chapters later in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy 13. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Yeah? You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. You're capturing what God is saying in this. I want you to rule in my name. I want you to lead in my name. I want you to be the people that are positioned in the town to be the ones that make the decisions, to be the godly influence to a town that is trapped in darkness. I'm sending you, I believe the word of the Lord is this, I'm sending you to rule in my name. Not rule as the world sees it, but rule with the heart of the one who sent you. My, one of my all-time favorite quotes is from Bill Johnson. Listen to this. This is absolute gold. He said, Royalty is my identity. Servanthood is my assignment. Intimacy with God is my life source. So before God, I'm an intimate. Before people, I'm a servant. And before the powers of hell, I'm a ruler with no tolerance for their influence. Bang. That's gold. That is gold. And this especially applies to where you live. I tell my church family all the time, maybe they're sick of hearing it, but I'm going to keep on saying it. And I say the same to you, dear church family. You are the most powerful people in Ballarat. You are the most powerful people, not the politicians, not the businessmen and women, you the people of God, the sons and daughters of God who carry his presence and his power and who are authorized in his name are the most powerful people in this region. You. But I must add this. Sometimes it feels like a battle, doesn't it? Yeah? 
Sometimes your prayers shift into what we call spiritual warfare prayers, where you are declaring, you are enforcing the rule and reign of Jesus. I get that. But the people are not your enemy. I know you know that, but sometimes we forget that. We see people as what, and what they do and what they say and the way they behave, and we get so angry at them. I wish they would change. Don't apply a Band-Aid solution. Go straight for the root cause, and it's a spiritual war. You woke up this morning and you woke up into a war. You came to church today and you stepped into a reality that is so red hot right now with what the enemy wants to do and what God is declaring. God is looking for your agreement. God is looking for your partnership. God is looking and listening for your yes. Yes, God, where I am, I'm spreading the roots deep and I will not be moved. I declare that the blood of Jesus is stronger than anything the enemy can come up with. I speak over every family in my region. God, you love them. Help me to be the voice that speaks the gospel truth to their lives. Lord God, you have so much to say about Ballarat. God, what are you saying? Tell me, share with me your heart and trust me to do something about it. And I believe that in this room today are those people. I believe that. Oh, yes, I do. The Apostle Paul reminds us, you're not fighting against flesh and blood here. It's against the spiritual entities, the, the, the principalities, the forces of darkness. So I want to remind you, dear church, you are positioned with a commission to occupy. Occupy the land. Inhabit the land. So before I give you some real life examples about what Kaz and I have experienced in this journey, I want to share with you a couple of things for you to remember. Firstly, this applies to the natural realm as well as the spiritual realm. You ready? Don't go out naked. What? I can't? No, you can't. I know, little kids, aren't they the best? The nappy comes off, woohoo! And they start running around the house, out the front door, into the street. They couldn't care less. They go out naked. Well, I hope you learn your lesson that by the time you're a teenager, that's not okay. Yeah? We little, our little grandson Carter, he's only five months old very, very soon, and you take the nappy off and there, that's freedom for him. His legs start going nuts, his arms start waving around. Go, you like that, don't you, buddy? He does. But word of advice, don't go out naked. In other words, don't go out into your town without the awareness that you are covered by God himself. Apart from it being embarrassing... It's actually very foolish to go out with the awareness of who you are in him. I love the Apostle Paul, of course, writes about this in Ephesians 6, verses 10 and 11. He says this, Now, my beloved ones, be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in you and through you. And then he says, put on God's complete set of armor. You can read on, he tells you what the armor is. The helmet, the shield, the breastplate and all that kind of stuff. But whose armor is it? God's armor. Not your armor, God's armor. God is saying, here's my armor, let me cover you with me. Ah, Let me cover you with me. Before you leave out, out of your front door, don't go out naked. Let's get dressed, kid. Let's get dressed. And let me give you my armor, my covering. Now, please don't get all religious about this. Please, please, please. Something occurred in our church a few years ago. We've been pastoring this church for 20, almost 21 years. And someone came into our church at some point and says, okay, I've got a revelation from God. We need to every day religiously Pray the armor of God on us. And it bothered me straight away. It really concerned me. Because my, my, my approach was this. Okay, if you've, taken it, if you've taken it off since yesterday, you've got a problem. The armor is God on you, covering you. So don't take him off, firstly. Stupid idea to do that. And secondly, since when did he tell you to take it off? The moment he dressed you, the moment you said yes to him and you became a son and daughter, you're covered. 
So if you need to remind yourself what you have, fine. But don't get all religious on this and think that, hey, I need to put my armor on today or so I'm going to be a sitting duck for the enemy. Do not give the enemy such power. Ah, there's a word from God right there. Secondly, be aware of the name that you carry. It'd be stupid of me to say, demons bow to the name of Mark. They would do exactly that. They would laugh their heads off. Name of Mark, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Oh, understand you go out in the name of Jesus. The one who is greater, the one who is superior, the one who is God. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, as he sent his disciples out into the world, he says, all authority of the universe has been given to me, he said. Now go in my authority, he said, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of what? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying essentially this, I'm sending you out with my name. I'm sending you out with my directive. Go and occupy the land. Go and turn the land around into my family. Sons and daughters, go get them. Yes, Lord. Take ground. Take ground, dear ones, in the authority of Jesus Christ. Rescue the captives, find the lost, redeem the sinner, heal the sick, restore the broken, deliver the oppressed, call the dead things back to life. How and why? Because Jesus said so and because you can in his name. Now, this whole message might seem a little bit woohoo, airy fairy out there. That's impossible, Mark. Have you seen my town? Have you seen the darkness? Yes. But I know who's greater. Oh, our, town is, our town is so dark. I'm going to share with you a couple of things that we see happening. And if we saw it in the, in the, in the physical, we would pack our bags and go to the Gold Coast like so many people are. Andrew Mal, God bless you in the Gold Coast. But we've had, how many families have we had leave Victoria and go up about seven families in the last year? I actually warned my church the other week. I said, here's a word from God for you. No more leaving to Queensland. Thus saith the Lord. No more. (laughs) Victoria needs you. Oh, Victoria needs you. Yeah. I think that was thus saith Mark. But it's okay. But can we actually be bold enough to take back what the enemy's stolen? Think about this with me, dear church. What needs to change in your town? When you think about Ballarat, what needs to change? You've probably got a long list. What needs to be added? What needs to be removed? Your response to that might be, yeah, well, the council needs to do more. The council is not your saviour. Good people. You need to pray for them, but they are not your saviour. What answer do you carry? What solution do you carry? In Melton, on our leadership team, we have someone that has taken this very, very seriously. Her name is Julie Shannon. She was pastoring a church in Melton called the Highway of Hope. A couple of years ago, they closed their church and they merged with ours. They are now part of the Living Room Church family. And Julie is on our eldership team. But that's not her greatest call. Julie has recently become the deputy mayor of the city of Melton because she knows the authority she carries. And she says, Mark, out of the nine councillors, four of us are born-again believers. Oh, God, what are you doing? They are taking the ground, they are occupying, and they are taking responsibility for where they live through a means that's not our calling. I'm I'm not going to be into council. No way. But that's her calling. And we celebrate that. Therefore, some Sundays, or a lot of Sundays, she can't be with us. <gasps> Is she even saved? Because we know she's out there in the midst of it all, in the heartland of Melton, standing in the truth of Jesus, knowing them, loving them, and imparting to them solutions that are from the kingdom. So we say, Julie, if we don't see your face for two months, doesn't matter. Go. Go. You are sent. Go. So how does this work? I'm glad you asked, and let me share it with you. Oh, it feels good. 
for many years now, even when we lived in Melton, and now that we live in Torquay, I do the same thing. But on a lot of uh, the Saturday evenings, Saturday evening would come and I'd be preparing my heart for the Sunday ahead. And what I would normally do is that I'd go in my car and I would drive around the perimeter of my town. So now in Torquay, I drive, I know the route which I go. I go down South Beach Road and then bang, bang down. And I go around the perimeter, end up at Janjuk Beach and then Torquay Beach and I come back and back to where my house is. But as I'm driving... I'm praying, with my eyes open, by the way, but I am praying. And as I pray, I'm interceding for every home I drove past. I'm interceding for the schools I drive past. I'm interceding for the council building and all the councillors and the mayor as I drove past. I intercede for the police station and those in emergency services for their protection as I drive past. And as I'm driving, I am visualising a blanket that's covering my town in the reality of Jesus and his love and the authority of Christ, and not only do I know it, but so do the demons know it. And they are starting to realise that there are some in our town who realise that they're not there by accident, who realise they're not there just to take up space. They've taken responsibility. Because demons, your time in our town is coming to a very quick end. And I pray... For the youngest to the oldest in our town. For the families, the precious young families. And I'm saying, Lord, give me your heart for them. God, burden me with your heart for them. Because I want to do this in love. I don't want to do it just because, oh, well, that's the Christian thing to do. Because if it's not done in love, what's the point? I don't just want scalps for Jesus. Lord, I want to love them into your, into your family. So sometimes I pray, I've got to get my heart right first. Oh, I've got to get that right. So I'm driving around my town and sometimes I'll notice in the spirit a certain street which is extra dark for some reason. Yeah? So I'll slow down on purpose and just linger. Just linger there for a little bit longer. Then I'll go to a point at the back beach and I can overlook my town of Torquay and I'm raising my hands and I'm standing. I'm usually alone at this point because it's quite late at night. And I'm stretching my hands over my region of Torquay and the surf coast and saying in Jesus' name, this belongs. This belongs to Jesus Christ. Jesus is king here. This is my town and I carry his presence into my town. I've actually renamed one of our landmarks. There's a point at the back beach of Torquay there. It's called Rocky Point. A beautiful cliff with a, with a raised platform that they've built on there. And I, I've gone there many times to pray and it has been told to me by a prophet friend of mine that there have been witchcraft rituals taking place at that point. I think, what a perfect spot to be in there. Awesome. So I will stand, we've gone there to pray a number of times, I'll go there alone quite often, and I'll stand at Rocky Point, and I said, you know what, I don't like the name of this place. I'm going to rename it Rock of Jesus Point. Google Maps doesn't show it yet, but it will. When revival comes, it's going to change the name to Rock of Jesus Point. <laughs> yes. But I had to re-establish the name on which... All of it was created. Take it back to who it belongs. Hmm. Another example only happened two weeks ago. Kaz and I on a Saturday had decided to just go for lunch in Anglesey, which is about a 15-minute drive for us. That's going to be a wonderful time. We love going out for lunch on a Saturday, just taking it easy, enjoying the scenery and so on. But we're driving down the Esplanade in our hometown and all of a sudden we start seeing a large group of people congregating on, a, on the grass foreshore area overlooking the ocean. And I thought, oh, what's this? So we pulled up and thankfully a car park just pulled out and we went right next to the festival that was occurring. Okay, we need to look at this. We felt in the spirit we had to stop. So we pulled up and we saw, oh, it's a Hare Krishna festival. Okay, Hare Krishna festival. 
I wasn't even sure Hare Krishna still existed, but apparently they do in large numbers, apparently. So we said, okay, let's get out of the car, let's walk through the festival, and let's just see what's going on here, because this looks a bit strange. There are no Hare Krishnas in Torquay. So this is a group that belongs to a commune outside of our town that came into our town. Okay. So we're walking and we said, oh, tarot card reading tent. The line was massive. Ha, huh, okay. Let's go pray. So we went hand in hand and we went around the tent. We weren't drawing attention to ourselves. We weren't standing, oh, thus saith the Lord, you repent, you sinners. We didn't do that. We simply prayed in the authority we had over our town. This is our ground. You don't come onto our ground and try and infect our town with demonic possession. No. So we went at the back of the tent and we just released the name of Jesus. Lord God, whatever card readings are taking place right now, we block it in the name of Jesus, that it will amount to nothing and it will be powerless and fall into nothing in the name of Jesus. And then we went past the crowd that was um, lining up, waiting their turn for their whatever to be read, and we just declared the name of Jesus over them, the love of God, capture them and turn them to the truth. Then we walked a little bit further and there was a tent for meditating. And here's this group of hippies in a circle, cross-legged, meditating to who knows what demon. And we just went to the back of the tent and we said, in Jesus' name, whatever they are clearing their minds to discover, may they be interrupted by Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, interrupt their meditation <laughs> and let them encounter the real you. Jesus. Ah, it was so awesome. And then they were shouting over the massive stage in the PA system, Hare Krishna, Hare Hare Krishna, and on and on and on and on. That same mantra over and over and over again. So Kaz grabbed her phone, which is attached to her arm apparently, and she grabbed it and she Googled, what does Hare Krishna mean? Well, apparently, it is a call to a, a, an awareness of the consciousness of Krishna. And chanting this Hare Krishna mantra means this, O energy of my Lord Krishna, please engage me in your service. That's being shouted in my town over the PA system to over 100, 150 young families who have gathered to this festival. And it bothered me. And then someone pulled out what looked like a shofar. A trumpet type of instrument. And they started blowing this thing and it echoed through that whole area. And my immediate response was, no. Booed off the trumpet went, no, not here. And every time the trumpet sounded, the only word that came out of our mouths was no. We were cancelling what was intended to be imparted to those families. Oh, I wish, I wish I could have seen in the spirit what was actually happening. It would have been like an amazing Hollywood movie, no doubt. And I would have been like Gerard Butler with abs. Yeah, with abs leading the truth. Come on, Sparta! No? Yeah. Sorry, I do watch those movies. I'm sorry. But then, I, then we read this. That as Hare Krishna is, is voiced over and over and over again, the vibrations, and I quote, has a direct impact on the soul. That's what it does. So, this festival was now um, advertised as the festival of colour. Because what they would do, people would come dressed in white, interesting, and they would throw this colour powder all over each other. It looked fun. But when we captured the spiritual meaning behind it all, we were a mess, in a good way. So we did this praying and we're cutting off things and we got back into the car because, you know, we need to go have lunch. A bit hungry. Yeah. And drove down a minute down the road and I said to Kaz, I go, I don't think God wants us to leave. Are you okay if we cancel our plans and go back? She says, of course. So we went back. But this time we stood at the entrance to the festival. It had all these coloured flags and we're standing like there was no one else around us. We must have looked strange if people saw us. But we're standing there and we're just releasing the presence. Every family that walked in, we just released the blessing of God on them. 
and we're declaring that the, the meditation tent was over there, all the same things, tarot card tent over there, jumping castles for kids. Kids having a blast, laughing their heads off, and I'm thinking, Lord, they have no idea what they are doing. Awaken these parents who are bringing their children into this realm. So we were there for a while longer, saying no to every trumpet blast, declaring the peace and the presence of God. We came in the opposite spirit, yeah? And at some point we felt something had shifted. And then we were able to leave. I say all of that to say this. Pay attention to what's happening in your town. We now know that on the last February of every year, the Hare Krishna is coming to our town. Next year, we'll be better prepared. Because we want to love them into the kingdom. They are not the enemy. We will be investigating at other things that occur in our town. There are new age festivals in our town. We are now aware of openly um, proud witches that exist in Torquay. One has a business called Witchlings, which are targeted at children. She has offered on her website to go into the local primary schools, be permitted to go to each classroom casting spells. I'm not okay with that. We have witchcraft stores opening. Some exist, no doubt some are still trying to get in. With potions and crystals and all the jargon and all the rubbish that the enemy tries to twist and destroy with. Now, we can look at that. We can have a look at all the people. Oh, they're just having fun. Take it easy, Mark and Kaz. Don't get so serious. Don't get so intense. They're just having fun. Well, you can have fun all the way to hell. There's a problem with that. The pathway to hell is fun to the flesh. Let's be honest. Yeah? So, I want to bring this to a close. But I want you at some point today to capture this. And to be able to declare with us, I declare that my town is a sacred space of God's presence. I declare that my town is a sacred space of God's presence. Do any of you know where the highest point in Ballarat is and can you get access to it? Does anyone know? If you don't, please research. What is the highest point in Ballarat? All right. Can I encourage you to go there and pray? Go there and pray at the highest point and overlook your region and ask God to show you what he sees and to share with you what he feels for those where you live. Because let me tell you, demons love the high points. Have a look at it. Whenever they set up in the Old Testament, whenever the demonic worshipping of Baal and all these other fake, fake gods, whenever they were um, worshipped, they set up idols where? At the highest point of that town. His tactics haven't changed, by the way. Same gods, different names. Yeah? But guess what? We don't need to fear that. You're here to crush that. Don't underestimate the power of your prayers, dear saints. I mean, if I didn't believe that we, we're making a difference by me driving around our area, if that was a waste of time, why would I bother? But I believe that as me and Jesus go and pray for my town, we, we start seeing things happen. I'm looking forward to great breakthroughs in this. I really am. Now, we want revival, yeah? Just in these walls? Oh, that'd be awesome. We'd have a great time. I believe there's more to this. Do you have a local newspaper? Do you get a local newspaper delivered in your letterboxes? We do. Read it through the eyes of the Holy Spirit and capture what he's showing you and pray into it. Bang, bang, bang. You'll find out what's going on in your town very quickly. Investigate what festivals, New Age festivals, I'm sure they're here as well. Investigate what's going on there. Go and pray around the perimeter of that place. Pray for the people. See what God does. So, I want to pray for you. I, I said it was a bit of a different message than what I usually bring here. But I believe I need to commission you 
as you are sent out of these doors to have a fresh insight as to where you live. So when you go home this afternoon, you'll see your street very differently. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you go to work, school, or even remain where you are at home, may you see it with a different set of eyes and realize that you are commissioned to occupy. You okay? I'll be following this message up next week with another message um, about prayer walking. I believe God's on this. Where we start taking ground and regions, my block... The other blocks surrounding it are my responsibility. And for our church family to see it with such a responsibility. So what I've done, I've actually crafted a prayer. I remember in our um, Supernatural College a few years ago, we did a practice called crafting prayer. And what crafting prayer is means that you're writing down a prayer with the intention of being very clear and specific and not waffling on. (laughs) Can anyone else waffle on in prayer? I know I can. So these prayers, I'm first going to pray a prayer of agreement with you that together we we ask God for certain things. But then I'm going to pray a prayer of commission over you if you're okay with that. And that will conclude my time with you today. Okay? I know there are needs in the house today. I know it. There always are. But how about we just lay those at the feet of Jesus today and let him sort it out, yeah? I believe I'm here for a different mission today. If you want a hug, all right, all right, I'll give you a hug. But... I feel more like a oh okay hmm. oh, Holy Spirit interruption got to love those before I pray this I need to call something out some of you are wounded soldiers The battle has been fierce. The battle has been intense and you feel wounded. Some of you are battle-weary intercessors. You've been standing in the gap for so many years and not much has shifted and now you're getting discouraged. Some of you are disabled warriors. You've been hit so many times that you're walking with a limp. Some of you have believed the lie that your prayers are powerless useless and what's the point some of you are questioning your faith questioning why you exist and why on earth are you here I believe I've been sent today to tell you this the victory song is being sung the battle has been won you just need to stand up refresh and recover what is yours already yours in Christ Jesus Do not give up, dear saints. Do not give up. Your town needs you. Your region needs you. Do whatever you need to do to get well. Do whatever you need to do to be healed and strengthened in the Lord. See that as your mission, your primary mission right now. And as you go in the strength that you have revitalized in Christ, own where you live. Take responsibility for where you live. So please join me in this prayer. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, give me eyes to see the people around me as you see them. Give me a heart that is moved by what you feel for them. Give me the love that drives me to do something to make a difference, my God. Give me the courage to join you in what you are doing and boldness to stand against any opposition that I may face. Give me the conviction, God, to own where I live and claim my town as a sacred space. Give me the humility to do all of this with the heart to serve. Give me the faith to step in the authority I have in Christ Jesus and take back what the enemy has stolen. Give me the wisdom to know what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Give me the strength, my God to take this beyond a sermon, beyond a moment, and turn it into a movement that changes my town. Jesus, I ask this for your glory, for my joy, and for the blessing of my town and my neighborhood and my people. My people. 
I thank you for sharing your heart of love for my region with me, God. I declare that together we are making a lasting difference and shifting the spiritual atmosphere of this region in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Stay in the posture of prayer, dear church, as I pray this over you. Father, my God, we love you, Lord. I pray over your people today as you call them into a mission of power and a mandate of influence. You have positioned each one of them in this town with great intent and purpose. Make them aware of your commission to occupy, God, and give them creative ideas to turn this region from a dark place into a sacred space. I release your people into their streets, their blocks, their schools, their workplaces, their places of gathering, and every corner of this town with the awareness of the authority that they carry in Jesus' name. Fill them with courage to take a stand and not back down if it gets hard. Fill them with joy knowing that they are making an eternal difference. Fill them with supernatural knowledge, God, to speak into people's lives and to bring heaven to earth. But ultimately, fill your people with love for the people of their town so that they will be motivated to give what has been given to them generously and without restraint. My God, we are ready to shine the light in this dark region and we thank you for the impact that is being birthed in this moment. Send them out in your name and impart to them your promise. And I seal it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I close with these final words. Every single one of you are the most powerful people in this town. Use it for good and do something with it to the glory of Jesus. Ross, I'm going to hand it back to you, bro. Whoever whoever I'm handing it back to. All good? Well, guys, be blessed. Be sent. Be healed. And be strong in the Lord your God. Amen. Now, of course, if any of you do need prayer for anything, we are available for that. But that concludes this message and be blessed. Be blessed.